if we can focus on curiosity, we focus on potential, we focus on possibility, it also helps us to remain unattached to the how and the outcome. Hello, Grown Girl Gang. Welcome back to the Girl We Grow Now podcast. I am your host, Victoria. If you are looking for tips, advice, and or inspiration, then you are in the right place. This podcast was created to help you navigate life and live your most fulfilled and authentic life. In today's episode, I am chatting with Millie Fox. She is a manifestation coach and truly, I haven't really heard anyone speak about manifestation the way that she does. She really is a unique breath of fresh air, in my opinion, when it comes to the manifestation world. She calls herself the no BS manifestation coach, and you will quickly learn why as you tune in to this episode. We talk about the basics of manifestation, how to detach from outcomes, how you can get your human design chart, which I have linked in the show notes if you are interested in in checking that out, we also talk about misconceptions of manifestation and how to really get into manifestation if you are somewhat of a skeptic. Really, we talk about so many different things in this episode. And if you are really wanting to learn how to consciously live and get into manifestation in a way that's really practical and makes a lot of sense, then trust me, you are going to want to tune in to this full episode. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation with Millie. Welcome, Millie. Hello. So happy to be here. Yes, I'm so happy to have you. So before we get into the episode, I love to start with a little icebreaker question. Sure. So what is your 2024 mantra or your focus word that's really going to help you live your best life this year? So I've got a few uh, sort of things going on with uh, I love post-it notes. Okay, so I have three different post-it notes on my mirror right now. One of them says willing to do whatever is required. Yes, that is one mantra. And then the other two, one says icon energy. And Ooh. the third says unhinged and unstoppable. Oh my gosh, I love all three of them. Icon energy. Mm. That's amazing. Mm. Oh my gosh, I think those are really great. And that really is going to shape into your best year, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm feeling that. 2024 has got a special energy to it. I agree. And I feel like I've heard so many people say the same thing. So it just, it's going to be our year for sure. Absolutely. It's about time. <laughs> yes. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became passionate about manifesting? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say what brought me to this, honestly, was my experience growing up. I had a fairly traumatic childhood, a lot of chaos, and my father actually introduced me to the concept of manifestation and, you know, was was and is fairly spiritual. And so I grew up sort of knowing about the power of positive thinking and, and things like that. But, you know, I feel like although it was a nice idea growing up, it wasn't exactly embodied in, in my family, in a sense. Like it was an aspirational idea, let's call it. And so I saw the pain and sort of suffering that was happening in my family unit, particularly my mom is the source of things. Um, she was str- she struggled a lot with mental health and substance abuse and things like that. And mm-hmm. I saw the suffering that she she went through and my mother's mother, like it was a generational thing, really. And so my idea was to put an end to that right from a very young age I thought to myself like no I'm not I'm not going to continue this on I'm going to do whatever it takes um, to have a different life and to help other people do the same so being like seven years old I wanted to become a psychologist I actually did go through and get my psych degree didn't end up becoming a psychologist but I came back around in a different sort of way into coaching I felt like it was just a more impactful, really grassroots, useful way to help people live the lives that they wanted without having to necessarily go through years and years and years of therapy, um, you know, and drudge through all of their memories from the past to live the way they wanted to live now. Uh, so this is kind of in a lifelong journey for me. 
And uh, the way that manifestation is taught in the mainstream, I also kind of take issue with it as well, because I don't like the pressure that it puts on people, especially people who have, you know, perfectionist tendencies or overthinking tendencies, people pleasers, you know, anyone who's been through trauma or is neurodivergent, like there's a large portion of the population that will take the advice and really struggle with it. So that's where I have found my sweet spot in the manifestation world is speaking to these people in a way that they will be able to harness the magic of manifestation in a way that feels good and so therefore actually will benefit them and work for them. Wow, that's just really powerful. I appreciate you sharing some of your background and just what led you there in your journey. I feel like it's a really powerful one. So I'm sure there's a lot of things you can relate to and really help people with. And I can even imagine that your psych background helps this even more yeah. because I feel like you see another side of things. So I think yeah. that's really amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I also did my training in neuro-linguistic programming. So that helps me understand the subconscious mind as well. And it's it's very important to know and to understand how our mind works because that's where it all begins with manifesting. Yes. Okay, so just jumping right in, what does the concept of manifestation entail and how does it relate to shaping the lives we desire? Mm-hmm. So manifestation is the process of bringing uh, things from an energy energetic realm into our physical realm. So these energetic ideas or desires that we have, they all kind of exist before they come into reality. And I was actually just listening to another podcast episode about manifestation myself, because I always love to learn about how in the mother's womb, they are actually able to measure this energetic frequency using this certain type of saline for a fetus that shows that the energy is there outlining what the face will look like before the face is actually formed. Wow. And I thought that was like so mind blowing and incredible because it just goes to show that yeah it's always energy first right and the energy is shaped by who we are first of all like we manifest from who we are not what we do right and so there's mm-hmm. many things that make up who we are and our thoughts are very a very very powerful part of that right yeah oh my gosh i just like how you really put the focus on energy so are there any things that we can do to tap more into that energy especially i know you said it starts from knowing ourselves like what if we're in a stage where we feel like we're like learning ourselves but we still want to manifest this great life oh yeah well i mean our life is a journey of getting to know who we really are right like it's not something that we arrive to it's it's something we're always evolving into new versions of ourselves and uncovering pieces of ourselves. and i think that that's the point really is be actively in relationship to yourself so that's the first question that i have people ask themselves in any of my manifestations station programs or whatever work I put out into the world, the first question is, who are you? And that that gets to be, a, you know, the answer to that question gets to be an evolving answer, of course. But it's just, are you actively asking yourself that question and learning about who you are and, and living authentically with what comes up when you ask yourself that question? And also, I believe there's like multiple levels to our identity. So in that, I've created a framework work that I call the three levels of identity. One is our source identity, which is like our soul, God, consciousness level of who we are. The second level is our human level. So that us here now, this incarnation of us in this body with all of our coping mechanisms and things that we gather along the way in our personality. And then there's what I call our vortex level self. And this is kind of the energetic version of us that exists in a realm of possibility and potential and is really like that idea of next level self. And I say that with air quotes because it's an interesting idea when we say next level self, it puts a lot of pressure on us to be kind of perfect. And the fact of the matter is our next level self is still going to be a human. <laughs> We're always going to be a human. So right. we just have to watch that too. Um, so the concept of the three levels of identity, I put that into place because I think it's helpful to consider how how are you relating to each of those different levels of 
of your identity on this quest to know who who am I? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. So for someone who's never tried manifesting and they're ready to get into it, are there any tips or steps that they can take to start manifesting positive changes in their lives now? Yeah, absolutely. So the first step I always say, like I mentioned, is to get to know yourself better because we need to manifest from a place of authenticity and integrity for it to be really powerful and also for when you receive your manifestations or when you co-create this life that you set out to to create is it actually going to make you feel the way you want to feel right that's the whole point because we kind of assume that if i have x y or z i'm going to feel the way i want to feel but really should kind of be the other way around where it's like how do i want to feel and what conditions are most supportive of that so i would say that would be the second question to ask yourself beyond who am i is what do i want right and it's not really what do i want to achieve or have but it's how do I want to feel and what's my why what's my driver what's important to me you know what are my values and that's another thing that I I have my clients and students check in with is their values what do you value I do a values assessment with them so that they know that they're manifesting in integrity with their deepest truth. Then from there, okay, well, how do you want to feel? What conditions support that? And you start cultivating those feelings in your day-to-day life purposely, consciously. And when you're cultivating those feelings, you're going to get more of things, the things attracted to you that support those feelings. So that's my best advice is to get in touch with yourself, figure out how you want to feel and start putting the conditions into place today that help you generate those feelings. I love that. So it's that conscious effort of putting all that into practice. And I know earlier you mentioned the subconscious. Like, how does that play into all of this? Yeah, well, your subconscious is going to drive your behavior, right? And your subconscious has a lot of power over you. And it's the driver, really because we don't have the capacity to constantly be consciously analyzing every single little thing that we do and think it would be exhausting, right? So we have to have an autopilot system that does that for us. So it's like once it's in, it's in and it, it goes, right? There's the strategies and the programs that run run us. So if we have all of these unconscious programs that are detrimental to what we actually want and how we want to feel. I mean, they may be trying to accomplish the things that you consciously want, but they're going to be doing it in a misguided way, right? Because they have these misguided beliefs about how the world works or their fear-based beliefs or that self-protective mechanisms inside of you. So they'll limit you. And I don't think that the journey of manifestation necessarily requires going in and unearthing all of these old beliefs and and things like that. I think what it needs is for you today to become the person that those parts of you will feel safe coming out and speaking with. So you're going to encounter limiting beliefs and whatever else is in your subconscious along the way. It's going to show up because you're going to do something, you're going to feel something, you're going to think something that doesn't feel good or it limits you, right? And you can shame that part of you and go, oh, why do you feel that way? Oh, why do you keep doing this thing? Oh, just get over it. Or like, or you could slap a a positive thought on top of it, right? Or a positive affirmation like, no, cancel, cancel, delete, delete, like this kind (laughs) of behavior, and then say something positive, which I actually don't, I don't support that or believe in that either. I think what needs to happen is that part of you needs to be met with compassion and understanding understanding and it needs to be made to feel safe and to know that hey like that fear that you have there i get it it's valid however we got you you know the conditions are here you're safe you're you're reparenting within your internal self right so as you go through these situations you meet these limiting beliefs over time when you can speak to these parts of you and you know show up for these parts of you in ways that soothes them and makes them feel safe they're not going to be as activated anymore more. You're not going to be as hypervigilant anymore. You're going to start to build evidence and trust within yourself that you are resilient 
you have your own back and that you know how to navigate the big scary world and it's going to be okay. And that's when things change. I mean, there's obviously other subconscious techniques and work that you can do with uh, a practitioner. Like I was mentioning at the NLP, that is specifically what I do with people to help with the limiting beliefs and programs and strategies and values that are running the show. But you can do it for yourself over time as well. Ooh, I like that. And I really like how you described our subconscious as our autopilot system, because that is just like the easiest way to understand what it actually is, because mm-hmm. there are, as you said, so many things that we do do on autopilot because we can't consciously be in everything. And I really love how you put that and just allowing ourselves to feel safe. And I feel like once we get comfortable making ourselves feel safe, I think that really just helps us navigate the world better in general. That's a really good practice because we do have to be able to feel safe and trust ourselves first. Exactly. It's really it's about your nervous system being regulated because we have sort of this window of tolerance where we are in that regulated safe state. And when we go outside of that becomes really hard to access abundance. If we know how to bring ourselves back into that window of tolerance and then doing this self-soothing and reparenting actually eventually will you know widen that window of tolerance as well over time yes and so i want to talk a little bit about mindset so what role does our mindset play and how can we get a more receptive mindset especially if we just feel like we've never been in a position to win and get what we want i think it sometimes it can be really hard to be receptive and to think that we deserve these good things right well in this instance My favorite thing to recommend is curiosity. I think that curiosity is extremely powerful. It's a very playful energy and it's a very abundant energy. So really, the way that I look at it is with mindset. We couldn't possibly know the outcomes, the billions of different ways something could go. And so the the big shift for me really was understanding that it would be arrogant to think that I should know how things are going to go. I can't know how things are going to go. So I look at it with curiosity instead because it's I mean, that's the only answer. Look at the world. Look at the universe. Like, how could I know? So then I start playing in the realm of curiosity like well what if what if it did work out for me what if something crazy happened unexpected what if there's something around the corner that's just going to totally change the trajectory of things for me in a way that I couldn't possibly predict or understand at this moment like there's always surprises you know life is full of surprises they're literally the expression right and how can you deny that so that's the way I look at, at mindset is how can I be more curious with myself too, with other people and with what could happen? So in terms of mindset, it's not always like focus on the best outcome or I just I, I'm not a fan of toxic positivity. I don't know if you can pick that up just yet. I do like what if it all worked out? What if? you know, those kind of like snowballing in the positive direction questions. And well, the fact is that what we focus on expands. So if we can focus on curiosity, we focus on potential, we focus on possibility. It also helps us to remain unattached to the how and the outcome. So if we're just constantly like focusing on one outcome and we're constantly focusing on like only positive, that really brings this attached energy, you know, and we don't want that because it creates sort of like a tunnel vision effect. Whereas if we stay in curiosity and openness to, well, how do I want to feel? We have to know that first, right? And then it's what are the millions of different ways, paths, opportunities for me to feel that way and am I open to all of them I like that I feel like because I was going to ask you about detachment and manifestation and how do we let go of needing to know the outcome and it just is this like being more curious and being open to have whatever outcome as you said so I love that and it is too because it's very hard to be detached especially if you have any kind of you know traumatic background because safety comes from certainty right and so Mm -hmm. people with these brain pathways hypervigilance they really attach to control and ensuring you know that they're going to be safe so detachment can be really scary and difficult so what I recommend 
for these types of people or for anyone who's having trouble detaching from outcomes is, again, that self-soothing and self-trust. I talk about self-trust a lot. It's huge. And the reason for it is when we feel hopeless or helpless, we are very scared, right? Like, so when we feel like we don't have the agency to affect change in our own scenarios and in our own lives, that puts us into that hopelessness and helplessness, right? So when we can build trust within ourselves to know that we do have that agency, that's when we can relax into detachment more. When we can trust ourselves, we can be more trusting of the universe as well because we know that we're going to be able to handle whatever comes our way. So we can build self-trust by keeping promises to ourselves first and foremost. That is one major way. So we keep our word. Well, a lot of us have trouble with that, right? We say, oh, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to drink water or I'm going to go to bed at this time. We don't do it. So all of those little moments of sort of self-betrayal and self-abandonment, to put it harshly so that you really understand what's happening there. I mean, with compassion, because that's a huge piece for me as well. But all those moments deplete the trust that you have within yourself over time. It it and it makes you feel less confident in yourself. It makes you feel it, it depletes your self esteem. So, having those habits and keeping your word to yourself first and foremost. And then the second thing you can do to build self trust is to take risks. Because when like you that. take a risk, you are proving to yourself that you have what it takes to to move through and to show up for yourself as well. So I recommend um, implementing those things into your life to build up that confidence and trusting yourself so that you can relax because you can't force detachment. You can't just flip a switch and decide to let go of something. It happens when you feel safe enough to, to do that. I love that. And I love that you keep coming back to self-trust because that is really important. And I will probably talk about this a little bit later, but like how we can rebuild that trust when we feel like maybe we've lost a little bit of trust in ourselves. But I do want to ask you, so how can we, because from what I understand, manifestation, it is a journey. So how can we stay patient and persistent, especially when results are not coming immediately? Well, I think that it comes back to curiosity again. It's just like, ooh, you know, you plant a seed and there's so much that goes on under the ground before that first little, you know, shoot comes up through the dirt. And you think about all of the gears in the universe that are working and all the different pieces that are falling into place outside of you that you have no idea, you know, need to fall into place or who you need to become in the meantime it's like well what what lessons am i learning right now how am i growing right now how is this properly preparing me for this next chapter where i'll be able to actually hold and embody the things that are coming my way because you see it everybody's seen it when somebody receives something that they're not ready for like a positive thing let's say like a whole bunch of clients at once or a whole bunch of money at once and they weren't ready to hold it you'll sabotage yourself and you'll lose it so when you're in those situations and things aren't coming it's just the curiosity and, and self-compassion as well and it's like okay well hmm you know you look at yourself you look at what's in front of you and maybe you have resistance because you're resisting your current reality you're resisting what exists and it's you're in an energy of not enough with what you already have and that's not going to do you well either wow i like that you bring that up because i think a lot of times we can be so focused on what we want and we forget to be grateful for what we already have because there is probably a time when we really were wanting and manifesting this thing that we already have but then it can be easy to keep looking for what's next so I like that. Yeah, exactly. That's another big thing. It's like, how abundant am I in this moment, in this life? I love that. So I know you briefly mentioned that you don't necessarily love how manifestation is like played out in the mainstream because... I kind of have the same feeling like sometimes I'll go on social media and I'll see people talking about how they manifested this, but they don't really talk about the actions or the things that went into play when trying to get these things. So can you tell us just a little bit about how we can balance the act of manifesting while also remembering to put in the actions to also achieve our goals and desires? Yeah, so that's why my mantra this year is willing to do anything that's required. And it's because, yeah, action is actually quite 
important, but it's not the action as a means to an end. Okay, that's the way that I view it. Action is about who you are, right? You take the actions because of who you are, not because of what it's going to get you. You take the actions because it's an integrity. You take the actions because it's authentic to you and it's you being who you want to be. And so that's my standard for what's required. What is required for me to be the person that I want to be? How can I show up as that person? And when you when you're doing that, you know that the momentum is going to build and you know that the outcomes are not specific outcomes but like you're compounding right and it's like the compound interest when you invest money right that you're going to get returns maybe it's not going to be exactly how you're picturing it because that's the non-attachment piece but it's going to come you know like that's how I personally know because I have built so much trust in myself over the years that I'm going to live an incredible life. I'm going to live a dream life. Does that mean that I'm going to check every box on my definition of success? Maybe not, right? Maybe I'm meant to learn that success means something else in this lifetime. I don't know, you know, but I have to, I was having this conversation this morning. Like I had to let go of this idea that success has to mean X, Y, and Z. What I need to be sure of is that I'm living my life moment to moment in a way that at the end of of it, I'm going to feel proud. So I think that's where the action piece comes in. And I do think action is very important because if we're just sitting back in like so-called receiving energy, which you it's yes, receiving energy is something important to, to think about. Like, do you have the capacity to receive? Are you willing to receive or does it make you uncomfortable? That's another thing. But like when we go like, I'm going to be in my feminine and just lay back and receive, <laughs> but I'm not going to do anything. That energy is like very passive and it's this idea that this, like, there's like some source power in the sky that's just going to like magic wand grant you your manifestation if you're like being in the right energy enough of the time. But <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of almost a disempowered energy, to be honest with you, because you're you're just like, oh, well, if I'm if I'm doing it right, I'm going to get rewarded. That's also transactional. Right. Yeah. And I think the point is like everything you do and how you are and how you be, as some people will say, all of that is about how you feel about yourself, how you want to feel about yourself. That I truly believe manifesting comes from how you feel about yourself and the energy that you embody as who you are. Your energy is like your aura, your energy field, all of it is who you are, your vibration, all of it. And much of that comes back to your relationship with yourself. Yourself and source. That's why I also include the source identity piece because we are inseparable. We're not like that again is another concept that I believe is arrogant. We are not doing this alone, right? It's called co-creation for a reason. That's why you can't be attached to outcomes because you're not doing this alone. You're not the only one who's participating. Like there's source energy, God, universe, whatever you want to refer to it as. This is a co-creation and there are so many other different pieces at play in what's going on uh, that all have to kind of do this beautiful dance together to be at the highest good for all. And what the highest good for you is Oftentimes you have you really don't know. You don't know what the highest good is for you. You know how you want to feel and that's wonderful. But looking at life with those curious eyes is a gift and being able to be open and receptive to, oh, well, what what is the lesson here? How am I growing? How is my consciousness expanding through this experience? Because I think that's the ultimate goal really is collective consciousness expanding and that connection that we have to one another also strengthening because that's a big thing in today's society is like the hyper individualism right yeah. it's like really celebrated and i think that pairs in with like the perfectionism and that type a like gripping go 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 overachieving that um, personality and yeah it is it's arrogant and but it also causes so many problems for us because we we feel this like crushing weight of responsibility to 
even with manifestation, like to do it all on our own by how many positive thoughts we're thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so it's really the actions you take have to be something that are going to make you feel good about who you're being. I think that's very well said. And I like how you mentioned that our manifestations are really aligned with how we feel about ourselves, because I feel like that makes me think about the law of attraction that I know we've all probably heard at some point. So does that really also tie into manifestation? And how can we like leverage both of those principles to manifest, you know, our dream life or what we're trying to manifest? Yeah, exactly. It's the same idea, right? Like we attract from who we are. So that however we're vibrating in our identity and our sort of like energetic field, that's what we're going to attract. And this law of attraction idea can be used in kind of a a really like, oh, if you're if you're vibrating at a low level, you're going to attract bad things. I find this really problematic (laughs) because like bad things are going to happen to everybody. It doesn't mean you're vibrating at a bad level. It just means you're vibrating at a level that brought something into your experience for a certain reason. So like it's not a punishment to have bad things happen to you, right? Like viewing life that way is very black and white and it's very highly flawed in my opinion because I've had a ton of really negative things happen to me in my life especially in the last year and perceived out from the outside you know could be perceived as negative things like was mentioning that I ended a 13-year relationship I got a divorce while pending and I lost my mom at the end of 2022 So did I manifest these things? I absolutely did. But it's not because I did something wrong or bad. It's because both of those things were meant to happen so that I could grow at this moment in my life into the person that I'm meant to be. So sometimes we attract challenges and, you know, struggles and pain as a way to expand our consciousness, as a a perspective shift, as a way to help you clarify what's really most important to you in your life. And it's not meant to be all rainbows and butterflies. I mean, I'm a huge advocate for the full range of human experience. I think we all signed up for the full range of human experience and full range of human emotion because you don't have the light without the dark. You can't appreciate the light without the dark. You can't have the perspectives that benefit us without the negative and the challenge. So that is also very much mindset, how we look at it. Perspective is everything. Yes. And I love that you mentioned that just because something bad or negative experience happened, it doesn't mean that you attracted it because you're on a low vibration. Because I think especially in dating, a lot of times we could be made to feel like, oh, well, you're attracting these kind of people because you need to check your vibration and not saying that we don't need to have any kind of self-awareness or just really see like what we need to work on. But it can really be easy to internalize that when you like hear things like that. Absolutely. And this is the mission that I'm on, right? It's like, okay, how can we have more self-acceptance and more self-compassion on this manifestation journey? Like with dating, for example, I've been dating (laughs) for the first time since I was like 19 years old, right? And like, whoa, what a learning curve. Holy (laughs) smokes. I can imagine. Uh, Yeah. So I do have to say I have attracted a very wonderful man into my life and things are going... But, you know, there were some roller coaster rides that I went on before this man came into my life. But yeah, with attracting people, it's maybe it's not because you're in a low vibration, but yeah, maybe it's because you have something to look at and learn like, hey, what what am I believing about myself? What do I believe is, you know, what I deserve or do, you know, does what feels safe to me? Like, does chaos feel safe to me or, you know, that whole spark? and like push pull and why is that attractive to me like not it not why am I attracting it but why am I attracted to it there's that as well so yeah self-inquiry and self-awareness I call it I like to call it being a compassionate witness to oneself Ooh, I like that. Like compassion awareness and then becoming a compassionate witness because first of all you can become extremely self-aware okay you can be hyper vigilant looking at every single little thing you do and overanalyzing every like putting yourself under a microscope, right? 
Mm-hmm. And that can be exhausting. Yes. So that's why I say compassionate witness, because we can see these unhelpful patterns in ourselves long before we're actually ready to let go of those unhelpful patterns. Right. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've definitely experienced this so many times where I'm seeing myself do things that I know are not helpful for me. Yeah. Right. Yes. And you're like, why am I still doing this? And so that's where the compassionate witness comes in. It's like, okay, well, what do you need? That's a very important question to ask yourself. What do you need? And how can I just be a witness to myself with that compassion and give myself the space to figure out or play out whatever that part is trying to accomplish for me? Or what does that part want or need? And how can I fulfill that need in a healthier way for myself? Yeah, I like that. Just thinking about all this, I know you mentioned your relationship. So what happens, and I guess this goes back to rebuilding self-trust, but what happens when you feel like you manifested this relationship that you really wanted, but then it just ends up terribly. And then now you're kind of questioning, like, was that my manifestation? Or like, do I get to read you? Like kind of how how like when things like that happen, because I found myself in this situation last year and I was like, I really felt so confident that I manifested this relationship, but it was like all a lie. So then it really had me questioning my manifestation, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, again, perception, we can only see what we see at the time, right? And I did have a situation like this straight out of the gate when I started. (laughs) And I could only see what I saw at the time. And like, looking back, you know, I see things very differently. And so again, self-compassion. Yeah, it's all a learning experience. It's like, well, I had to go through that to see what I see now. If I didn't go through that, I, I still wouldn't be able to see what I see now and have the awareness level that I have now to know what's what and what I deserve and what I'm willing to receive or not receive. And it's it's standards, right? Mm-hmm. And like we set the standard for what we deserve. And if you are struggling with setting higher standards, it's because there's something there that you really need right there's a there you're attached to something that you feel you can only get through x y or z like it's a desperate energy right because mm-hmm. you're like i need this person to give me this thing and like so you start acting in all sorts of ridiculous ways to try to get that need met and then you you're willing to receive like a much lower standard of treatment than what you really deserve and like you know even like i did this and i saw myself playing it out i'm like i don't deserve this why am i doing this like i deserve so much better but i wasn't acting in a way that was in alignment with those higher standards and i felt like oh i can't do it because i just really want to feel this way and so i was willing to lower my standards to try to get those feelings met to to try to get those needs met and, and feel those ways and I had to have some really deep compassion for myself because I was desperate to feel those ways I've been starved you know starved of, of of affection and love and all these things for so many years and so I just had to look at myself and say girl like you just want to be loved so bad and that is a beautiful thing and you're you are going to get that and you play this out as long as you need to play this out but just know that there is this love available for you and you can love yourself more in the meantime so like what does that gotta look like for you yeah I love that and so I know you just said that you play it out for as long as you need to so what at what point and like kind of what did you do to realize like okay I'm done playing this out like what did you have to do for yourself to get out of that situation I had to get sick enough of my own bullshit (laughs) my language but like I think that's where it has to get to where you just have to get to your limit of like okay like no this is not how I want to live my life I do not need to be on this roller coaster anymore like let's go pull up your socks like it's go time enough you know And, and that comes from the fact that I trust myself yeah because I built that trust in myself by showing up for myself, by taking risks, by keeping my word. I know that when I'm done with something, I'm going to be done with something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I trusted myself enough to be like, okay, will you play that out? I'll be here. I'm watching you. <laughs> 
you know, like I've got an eye on you. And and then, yeah, it was like, okay, well, I'm done with this nonsense now. And uh, that was it. Like, uh, cut it and move on. I love that you literally give yourself so much space to, even though, like you said, you know, like, what are you doing? And I had to get tired of my own crap. I love that you give yourself that space to like, I don't want to call mistakes, but to go through that growth process because it was a growth and learning process to get you yeah. to the relationship you're at now and just where you are now. It's like, it's the reparenting thing, like, because I knew that this was an inner teen thing for me like I knew that there was like this part of me this inner teen part of me that just needed to be a bit rebellious for a bit and just say like I'm doing whatever I want even if it's not good because you know I don't know if I can swear but and you can (laughs) fuck you I'm doing whatever I want you know (laughs) kind of energy because I felt like so you know restricted for so many years and I had to ask myself like okay well what does my inner teen like need here and it was like okay well she needs some space to just she needs permission you know to just act out for a bit (laughs) so if you think about parenting you know children teenagers whatever oftentimes they do just need space to make their mistakes you know and they need a safe person to receive them once they you know get to that point where they're like mommy i i made a mistake (laughs) (laughs) yes I think that's so beautiful that you do that for yourself and it's definitely something like just hearing you talk about that and having this conversation it's something that I want to implement a lot more just the mindset of reparenting and being like okay because as you said like some of us we can be so hard on ourselves it's like okay Mm -hmm. girl you are 32 like you need to be done making these stupid mistakes like I can really be like that with myself because it's like yeah yeah well I call like it's still like there can be a place for that and I call that fierce compassion because I mean I did not come up with this concept um there's a wonderful woman named Dr. Kristen Neff, who wrote a book called Fierce Compassion. She also has this wonderful program called Mindful Self-Compassion, which totally changed my life. And the fierce compassion, it's like this yang, more masculine side of compassion is like, okay, boundaries. And like, that's the pull up your socks energy. And like, that's like the sort of that discipline. I like to call it devotional discipline, where it's like, okay, I'm not like, this is not punitive or restrictive, you know, discipline. This is like, this isn't my for my highest good to implement these like you know different measures of discipline into my life because that's part of parenting as well right Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, it's it's that sometimes it's like all right tough love time that doesn't mean we need to berate ourselves but you know we can have these hard conversations with ourselves it's like okay like what do you really want are your actions supporting that how much longer do you want to be banging your head against the wall because that's what Mm -hmm. you're doing right now so like it's time you know okay so when it comes to manifestations in general should we be like is it i know we talked about kind of letting go of the outcome but is it okay to set specific time frames or milestones when we are manifesting or is it really just about trusting the process and divine timing yeah so absolutely divine timing And there's nothing wrong with setting a timed goal because sometimes we need to give ourselves a sense of urgency because otherwise you can get really floaty and passive and like, oh, well, you know, like that kind of (laughs) like it'll come when it's meant to come, which can be great, too. It depends on what it is. But sometimes, you know, you want that and urgency and fire. So setting a time goal is great. It's just knowing that like, hey, if it does doesn't get achieved by X date, that doesn't mean you failed. As long as you showed up every day and you did whatever was required to be that person, you can feel proud of your actions and know, okay, well, there's something more at play here. Like there's obviously something more at play here. So I'm just going to be curious about whatever that is and see what what happens next. I have this expression that I love. It's like, hey, universe, what's next? I like that. That's been on a post-it for me before, too. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. So are there common mistakes or misconceptions that you've seen people make when they are attempting to manifest? And if so, what are some ways that we can course correct those for more successful manifestation? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I see it all the time that people just get so obsessed and attached and trying to do it the right way. 
Because, like, they think that if they write out their hundred affirmations every day and they do their 5 a.m. routine and they do their this and they do their that, that they're being good, diligent little students of manifestation and X leads to Y leads to Z. And that's where, you know, also with the toxic positivity right? It's like, oh, you know, I've had people come to me from, you know, other schools of manifestation and like I, they're speaking to me and I'm hearing how carefully they're choosing their words. It's like it feels painful and exhausting because they're trying so hard not to say anything negative when they're describing their situation. I'm like, whoa, that is some hypervigilant energy right there. Like, um, But like, you can let that go. You can just be like a real human and you're still going to be okay. And you're manifesting like you you don't need to put yourself under that level of pressure. So I think ultimately what the misconception is, is like manifestation shouldn't be like a high pressure. It shouldn't be this like checking all these boxes and adding another thing to your to-do list. I used to feel guilty that I wasn't visualizing my outcome enough during the day. Yeah. You know? Okay, that is a problem in and of itself. So it has to feel good. It has to feel nourishing and supportive to you. And that should just be this like knowing like, yeah, I'm moving in the right direction. Yeah, I love that. I do feel like when we think about or when we hear about manifestations, we hear a lot about the visualizing and the affirmations. And I could assume that like they have their time and their place. But what are your top rituals or habits that you use to enhance your manifestation process? I'll be honest, I don't have a ton of specific rituals or routines or anything like that. My manifestation is very much my relationship with myself. I know what I want. I know what direction I'm moving in, but I'm not a specific manifester. So I don't know if you're familiar with human design at all, but there is a place on your human design chart, which you can check out. There's jovianarchive.com or mybodycraft.com. There's so many places where you can get your free human design chart and there is a triangle there's four little arrows beside the head and it's the bottom right one if it's pointing now hold on i don't want to say this wrong so let me pull up my chart real quick before i tell you the wrong thing so it depends whether it's pointing in or out whether you're a specific or non-specific manifester and specific manifestors need to have like that detail of exactly what the manifestation is going to look like for it to go well for them and non-specific is more about just like general and the feeling so here so i mean the people can't see this so it's this arrow at the bottom right hand corner beside the head so mine is pointing away from the head which means non-specific pointing toward the head means specific so yeah so for myself i don't have specific rituals or anything like that i kind of just tap i have my my practice is really tapping into okay what do you need you know who are you who do you want to be how can you be more of that what do you want what do you need so what do you need in this moment what do you need to be that person what do you need to feel that way and so i just it's constant it's just like my constant check-ins with myself throughout the day you know what do i want my life to look like what's my next step sort of thing like what's gonna move the needle in my life towards that where where do i want to put my energy that's my manifesting i i don't really have an affirmation you know practice i do try to implement a lot of gratitude into my life i've found that that has been one of the biggest game changers for me personally is like when i'm laying in bed at night you know it's really like well what am i grateful for as i'm falling asleep And if I'm having moments of crunchiness, of like feeling insufficient or like my life isn't where I want it to be, disappointed in where I'm at, I just really try to focus on gratitude. It's like, well, what is amazing here? What am I proud of? And looking for the evidence of what's good and what I have done instead of looking at what's lacking. So, yeah, it's like what you focus on expands and what is it where your attention goes energy flows right yeah i try to put my attention onto the things i have control over the agency that i do have and cultivating the feelings that i want to cultivate yeah that's super important and i actually was not really familiar with human design so now i need to go get my free human design chart i will link those links in the show notes so that we can all do that for those who haven't done it Mm -hmm. but um journey human design (laughs) 
Yes. So just what advice do you have for those who may be skeptical about the concept of manifestation and how can they go about approaching it if they overcome that skepticism? If you don't want to call it manifestation, call it conscious life creation. That's what I like because the idea of manifestation kind of just like implies that you get granted things but it's just it's conscious life creation like you have to know obviously that things can come into your life serendipitously everybody has experienced it you know things you could have never predicted things go interesting ways and then you look back and you're like whoa i never could have predicted that these series of of events would lead to here so you can't deny that (laughs) right but if you don't want to think that like there's somebody deciding whether you get to have you know x y or z based on your energy then don't think about it that way think about it as the fact that like you have agency you're creating your life and there's always going to be some unexpected and magical turns of events that come your way and absolutely your energy has impacted that i mean so if you just want to like look at it from a more practical lens rather than like a woo-woo lens it's just you deciding how you want to create your life and being the person that has that life in this moment already before it's realized in your external life so call it what you want to call it but it's happening. I love that. Thank you so much, Millie, for coming on. Can you tell us where we can go to follow you on social media and your coaching services that you offer? Yeah, for sure. So find me on Instagram at Millie Fox, M-I-L-L-I-F-O-X. And right now I've got, I don't know when you're airing this episode, but for the rest of January, I've got the Overthinkers Thriving Guide to Manifestation for free right now. So that's a workbook, 21 pages, and it can help you really like kind of silence the chaos in your manifesting and get very clear and grounded um, in your manifestation practice. And then I am working on a membership. I had a membership. It's closed currently, but it's relaunching in the next month or two. Um, And the focus of that membership is going to be really about real life. So I'm calling it IRL and it's let's create your your real life dream life. And there's going to be an an in-person aspect to it for GTA people in Toronto. But hopefully that will lead to, you know, expansion and community led events outside of just Toronto, because I think that connection is is a really important part of our experience in co-creation and and having other spirits alongside of us, lifting us up on our journey because we don't manifest in a vacuum. And I think that community is so important. So there's going to be the online aspect of the membership as well as, you know, trying to cultivate um, in-person connections through it as well. Uh, And then I have one-on-one services, but everything can be accessed or, you know, you can find more information by just sending me a message on Instagram. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much again. And I'm so excited. Awesome. I'm super excited too. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. If you really loved the episode and you felt like it resonated with you, be sure to share the love and share the episode with a friend. Also, if you could take a minute and head to the review section wherever you listen to your podcast and leave me a review, letting me know what you're loving about these episodes and which topics you want to hear next. That way, I can make sure that I continue creating episodes that you love. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. Until next week, bye, Grown Girl Gang.